Welcome, listeners, to www.ironradio.org, the website and podcast for all things strength sports and sports nutrition. With your hosts, Lonnie Lowry. Remember, Phil is like a gnarled old oak tree held together with scar tissue and bone spurs. Rob Fortney. And I'm telling you, the pain that I would suffer was beyond excruciating. And Phil Stevens. Do it, Rob. You'll kill all those nerves. Thanks for listening. Welcome, IronRadio.org listeners. This is Lonnie Lowry. I am a bodybuilder and a nutrition and exercise physiology professor. And this is Phil Stevens. I'm a uh, powerlifter, Highland Games athlete, strength coach. I run Strength Guild and uh, LiftForHope.org. Right on. And without <sighs> Fortress, he's uh, without Fortress. Yeah. yeah, he's traveling cross country, so he's gonna he's got a new job as a uh, security in a security position in. Um, I don't know. It seems like a big deal. So he, yeah, he's on his oh, he's on his dog sled as we speak. <laughs> I think across the country. <laughs> I think you rub him the wrong way. You're always talking about penguins and dog sleds. I know. I love it's it. all the traditional, you know, uh, ideas about, um, especially Toronto where he is. I don't think it's any further north than Minneapolis. No, actually. You know? Hey, I got I got to give him hell. Oh yeah. So. Um, oh. Well, let's. I've got a bunch of news. I know you've got a little bit too. Some of this is science. Some of this is um, free stuff to point you at. Um, yeah. Strength and muscle sport news. Let me start with this. The first thing was a paper that I just noticed. It, it's a 2012 paper from the journal Steroids. And uh, now, listeners that aren't familiar, you know, this is all type of steroids: corticosteroids. You know. Um, Sex steroids, estrogen, testosterone. This isn't like, you know, anab- just anabolics. But anyway, this particular paper actually was. And it caught my eye, and then I followed some links, and I came to another one. So uh, listen to this. If the title is Dietary Green and White Tea Suppresses this, I'm not going to go through it, big enzyme um, that's related to testosterone uh, glucuronidation, which is just how you metabolize and eventually discard testosterone in your body, okay? So green tea and white tea suppress this enzyme that, you know, degrades your testosterone, essentially, uh, as far as bodily value. So it says, um, the anabolic steroid testosterone can be used by athletes to enhance athletic performance and muscle growth. Well, of course. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, the science usually starts off pretty basic. Yeah. And then it says this particular enzyme, and for those who care, it's UGT2B17. But this enzyme is the key enzyme involved in the glucuronidation of testosterone to what's called testosterone glucuronide. Why does this matter? Well, because once you turn testosterone into this uh, testosterone glucuronide, um, it serves as a blood marker of uh, the testosterone to epitestosterone ratio. So what they do is, one of the ways that they test doping is they'll look at the testosterone glucuronide amount of your, in your blood to the epitestosterone uh, glucuronide in your blood. Okay, So <coughs> inhibitors of testosterone glucuronidation, okay, or basically starting to metabolize it away, inhibitors of this could have an impact on circulating testosterone levels. So, okay, that's interesting. Maybe if I can keep my testosterone in its native form, that could be good. It says, thus aiding performance, as well as potentially altering the urinary T-to-E ratio, or testosterone to epitestrate ratio, therefore masking testosterone abuse. So now not only could it raise testosterone in your body, but because it doesn't turn it into testosterone glucuronide, then... It actually affects the T to E ratio that doping agencies would try to test for. Uh, now, here's where it starts to get interesting. Previous reports have revealed that non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs like ibuprofen inhibit this enzyme. Again, thus keeping testosterone in its native form and interfering with this T to E ratio where people would get caught, uh, you know, for use. Um, Further down, it says, the results in this study showed that testosterone glucuronidation was inhibited by green and white tea extracts, such as EGCG. Uh, Again, a lot of listeners will be familiar. That's a green tea extract. So it says, um, we showed that these 
substances, again, the green and white teas and ibuprofen is part of their little lit review, inhibit testosterone glucuronidation. I think that's kind of interesting. So you're drinking lots of white and green tea. You keep testosterone in its native state. And because it doesn't uh, undergo this glucuronidation, it, it, it doesn't really show up in the T-to-E ratio that doping bodies would look for. Now, that would only matter if, of course, a listener is a user. But you can imagine for people who do use testosterone, use or abuse, this would could be actually more, even more beneficial because it would keep the testosterone in their system. It would prevent it from showing up in a T-to-E ratio test. Now, the truth is, I'm not telling everybody they should cheat. That's saying. You're just noting uh, the just, facts. It's just, yeah, these are interesting facts. And here's a, another paper that I followed up with this. Um, this is called Non-Steroidal Anti-Inflammatory Drugs Interact with Testosterone Glucuronidation. Testosterone and epitestosterone are secreted mainly as their glucuronide metabolites, and this the ratio of the T to the E metabolite serves as a marker for possible anabolic steroid abuse by athletes. So in this particular paper, uh, ibuprofen was put into the medium, and ibuprofen inhibited testosterone metabolism in liver microsomes, uh, and they were very sensitive to ibuprofen in particular. And it goes on to conclude that epitestosterone glucuronidation was largely insensitive to ibuprofen, however. So if you think about this, taken together... Um, you're not making testosterone glucuronidate. You are making the epitestosterone version. So it, the ratio stays low. You don't look like you're on anything. And all because you just took ibuprofen. Um, it says, taken together, results highlight the potential interactions between NSAIDs and androgen glucuronidation with possible implications for the validity of doping tests. Again, a little bit chewy, I guess, with some of the um, the enzymatic stuff. And again, this is in vitro data that Dr. Willoughby and I were sort of warning everybody about before. But um, I think it's very interesting, the stuff like green tea and ibuprofen, which are things that I consume all the time anyway, could actually keep testosterone yeah. in my system. Uh, listeners who do use testosterone, this could enhance their situation even more, not because of the doping masking thing. Uh, per se, but also because it could keep any testosterone they used in their system. So again, we try to be non-judgmental here. I just want to, you know, I thought this was interesting stuff. So a little bit of education, I guess, on how testosterone gets metabolized in the body and how things that you swallow, common things, um, you know, affect how long the testosterone stays around. So let me give a reference for that. That story's paper was Jenkinson et al. That 2012 paper. And the other one was Sten et al. So anyway, in other uh, unrelated news, I have discovered two things lately that listeners might think is valuable or are valuable. Um, they're free software uh, tidbits that might be able to help you analyze your diet in particular. One of them is called My Fitness Pal. It's an app. I put it on my iPhone. I'm guessing it's for Android, too. I haven't looked. Um but my fitness pal, usually I see an app like this and I roll my eyes. But PC Magazine, which I always go to as a sort of a trusted source of what's good in software, they put this on their top 50 free best apps in the world. And I went and I played with it a little. And what I like about it most is although it will track your calorie intake and output, it will analyze your diet with a, a fairly high degree of detail. And it'll tell you how close you are to your goal. So, like, I, I typed in that I, I weigh 218 and I want to weigh 222, you know, by a certain date. And it will actually set my calorie level. And then it'll, if I don't eat enough, it lets me know. So I think that's very interesting because usually these kinds of software programs, it's all about loss. You know, how do I yeah. eat less and lose? And you can set this in reverse very readily and it'll keep you on track. So... Just from the diet analyzer alone, you can see how many grams of protein you're getting or carbs or fats or any vitamins, minerals. My Fitness Pal, check out the app. Very cool. And the other one is um, I've got some students using this for a class project. We needed a good free online uh, diet analyzer. And the government has just changed their old one to fit with their new MyPlate uh, initiative instead of my pyramid, you know, thing. Basically, if you Google mytracker.gov, it will take you to a free, totally valid and legitimate online dietary analysis tool. And again, these things can be very expensive. 
$1,000 or more to buy a diet analyzer. Mm-hmm. So mytracker.gov, Google it, check it out. I think it's a little bit awkward because you have to sort of poke around when you enter a food to actually um, get the nutrient values in the food. But you know it's valid. It's straight out of the, the science arm of the U.S. government. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, also worth a look. So I just wanted to turn everybody on to those two things free, totally free ways to help you measure because it's very hard to control what you're not measuring. You know, I mean, any power lifter is going to be obsessed, I'm sure Phil can tell you, with the amount of weight on the bar. If you didn't measure that, you'd never go anywhere. And yeah. it's the same thing with, with calories and stuff like that. Now, you could just try to eat tons of calories, and that approach does tend to work if you're just um, sort of abusively, you know, running forward. I'm actually a proponent of that sometimes. But these are great ways to, uh, I don't know, just you know, add some numbers to what you're doing so you can keep track of it. I just put those on the Facebook page in real time here, so we're uh, on the so people can check those out, so you don't have to note it down while you're listening to the show. Sweet. Okay. Uh, now, well, you had some news. Yeah, I got a couple things. First thing, I want to just give a shout out to one of my gym members. We had an injury this weekend. Uh, hmm. We had the first ambulance show up at Strengthfield. So, um, just give a shout to Emily. She's she was thin today. Looks like she's doing good. But uh, um, I just just want to give a shout out. She'll be back in here in no time. I'm sure. Uh, we can talk about that more maybe maybe a little later during the show. Um, the other things I want to mention a couple things uh, about my friend Jim Jim Windler and his wife. First off, he uh, he had the best uh, Halloween costume ever. Oh yeah, uh, you'll get a kick out of it, Lonnie. It's uh, he's wearing a ghost outfit. He posted on his uh, Facebook page and um, written on the sheet. It was just a, a white bed sheet with uh, two holes cut in it for the eyes. And then it said, World's Scariest Halloween Costume. And on the sheet, uh, was spray-painted gluten. (laughs) (laughs) And then it says, Costumes from years past include carbohydrates, eggs, red meat, aspartame, high-fructose corn syrup, saturated fat. I thought that was pretty hilarious. So it's the the latest uh, victim of the the food. food, uh, Right, of fear the food. Fear the food, yeah, Yeah, is is gluten. But uh, the other thing... um, what people know November as uh, what is it like the the month you grow beards? I forget what they call it. Oh, Movember. Movember, yeah. Anyways, uh, Jim's widely known for his NOV, the the North of Vag stuff. So him and Juliet kicked off a big sale this week. Every every November first, they're gonna have a uh, a big NOV sale. So that kicked off today. You can get all his shirts and stuff for a, well, I don't know, they're forty or fifty percent off. Oh, wow. So that's yeah, that's going crazy. Good time there and. Uh, Thought those were worth mentioning. Um, yeah, and the Facebook page has been crazy busy lately. Has it? Uh, yeah, yeah I, didn't, I haven't. Just, I've been so busy in the lab, I haven't got a chance to look at it that much. Yeah, a lot of people coming up, getting ready for their first meets and stuff. Um, just uh, pull out some names here and just tell them good luck. Um, but we had a couple people hit uh, like first time PRs and 500s and 600s on deadlift. Fantastic. Ronnie Bossy, uh, I think it was just. Uh, just hit his openers, so he's getting ready to go out and uh, do a pilot to meet, so good luck there. Go, Ronnie. You know, stuff like that. Yeah, it's just been crazy. You know, yeah, Ron- I was just going to suggest, maybe we should do like a Movember thing. I would grow a beard this month, you know. I'm, yeah, I'm um, growing a beard this year. So. <laughs> <laughs> I actually try to keep it to a goat, right? But yeah. for, uh, for Movember, I actually looked into that because... Originally, I think it was Australians that started the Movember thing, and the whole idea is, you know, then you, you know the M O and Mo is about mustache, I guess. Yeah. I always yeah. thought it was M O W, like mow it down, oh, done. Gotcha. <laughs> you know, but um, so there's a legitimate charity, and it brings attention to I think men's prostate health or testicular gotcha. cancer health or something. So it's a real charity, okay. the Australian version, and I think it would be it's a, it's a good match for what we do on Iron Radio. You know, a lot yeah. of male listeners or. Uh, you know, talk about testosterone and all this sort of thing. And uh, so anyway, yeah, uh, I know in America they've basically gone hog wild with it. And instead of just a mustache, it was any facial hair, and it wasn't even necessarily for a charity. So if you are going to go Movember, listeners, think about, you know, the real charity. Uh, and Because you don't hear about men's health that much. Yeah. I don't want to sound sexist, but as a dietitian, I hear a lot about women's health. You know, like the Susan Komen breast cancer mm-hmm. thing. and and I, and you just don't hear that much about prostate or testicular cancer. At least I. Yeah. Don't. No, you don't at all. Uh, and you know something like uh, I don't I don't want to give a number. I was going to give it. I was going to say seven out of ten, but I, I don't quote me. 
But a, a lot of men, most men, you get old enough and you actually will yeah. develop prostate cancer, not just enlargement. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's it's sort of a common thing. Anyway. Yeah, no, I've heard that. They were, uh, for some deal, they were exhuming bodies and, like, doing uh, scans on them. And they said that almost every single one of the males had at least a small amount of, of prostate cancer. They just didn't know it. So. Well, I think, that it, honestly, it's true with a lot of things in physiology. If you live long enough, it's going to get you, if, yeah. unless something else does. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, um, I also want to give a shout-out to Mike Williams. He posted a, a great deal. He put up the link. The uh, Special Olympics powerlifting meet was this weekend, or this week, and it was awesome. I think I think the Special Olympics got it. I, I don't know why yet the uh, – I, I still I just can't figure out why the Olympics does not have powerlifting yet. It seems like they, they have brought in so many other sports, and you see the Winter Olympics, they're bringing on all the extreme oh, stuff. God. Phil, I couldn't agree more. What There it's, are some bizarre <laughs> and obscure sports in the Olympics. Yeah, I mean, trampoline. is yeah. It's like, come on. And, I mean, powerlifting's have been here for a long time. It's three basic lifts. I mean, they need to – sure, there's, there's some controversy, and there's there's different federations that allow raw and, and uh, equipped and this and that, and – I think the Olympic Committee is just, just letting something go, and they're letting a large population. I mean, the amount of people that, that power lift compared to the amount of people that Olympic lift is huge. Well, the long history uh, of Olympic lifts yeah. uh, being, you know, again, successfully administered in the Olympics, I don't see how powerlifting would be that different. Just pick yeah. a rule set. You know, pick what you're allowed to do. Exactly, and roll with it. And roll with it. It, it can't be that hard. And, I mean, I think the only I, – I, I think it's going to have to be raw lifting just because it takes so much subjectivity out of there. And that's just, that's not my personal opinion. Just because I'm a raw lifter, I think it's just, it's gonna have to be that way because it's, there's just so many variations in multiply, single ply, this and that, how the matter of trying to check all the gear before the meets and this and that. Whereas if you just come in with a belt, you know, it, it's a lot easier for them to, to allow it or a belt and wraps that are a certain length. They're allowing wraps in Olympic lifting now. Um, yeah, I don't know. We need to, Everybody needs to get very vocal and start writing the Olympic Committee and, and, and really pushing for this. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I'd love to see. There are a lot of big, strong people I'd love to see in there. Do you remember uh, for years the Weeder Mags tried to push bodybuilding into the Olympics? Ben yeah. Weeder, before his death, was really instrumental in trying to push that. But honestly, I see powerlifting being a much more natural fit with the Olympics. Yeah. Uh, because it's, it, like you were saying, it's, it's less subjective it's how similar is it to what they're already doing with the Olympic stuff? So exactly, I, you know, yeah. So no, it was interesting seeing that though. It was great seeing those people out there lifting and uh, very inspirational. I mean, you don't people have excuses why they can't train, and then you go watch something like that, and yeah, your excuse isn't that good. So <laughs> right, yeah. And you've got blind people being led out there. You've got you know people with severe uh, mental issues, and yeah, it's just yeah, lots of so, courage. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So very inspirational. But um, that's about all I got. Okay, I've just got one last thing before we go to break. And uh, you're mentioning uh, saving some money with Wendler's sale and whatnot. So uh, I'm just along those same financial lines. I'm just going to quickly mention our our fall funds drive. I already sent, started sending out some of the thank you gifts. So people mm-hmm. who uh, have been thinking about donating, now is the time. And of course, we have the ad mid show now with Fortress. You know talking about the holiday season and everything so um give me some time though you know i mean there's three of us here we're not a big corporation so i i mail this stuff as fast as i can this weekend i got a bit a fair amount of um thank you addresses that i'm going to send off if you actually live out of the country you're getting serviced (laughs) sounds funny Uh uh, faster because um i i can do international shipping through uh, a different means you're getting a slightly different thank you gift than if you're um if you're stateside but anyway uh i just wanted to let people know if you've been thinking about it now's the time because i i have i have these gifts ready to go and i'm gonna start mailing them so um take advantage of it all right Uh, well that's all i've got we're gonna come back after a short break and we're going to just offer some gym talk uh and maybe some lab talk too i'll talk about some of the the research that's getting me up at 4 30 every morning but Uh, We'll be right back.
Hi, this is Dr. Lonnie Lowry, and on behalf of Phil and Rob, I'd just like to let listeners know that if you love us or you hate us, we'd like you to leave a comment or perhaps vote for us on iTunes. It helps us out quite a bit on the popularity side of things. Uh, you can also follow uh, Dr. Lowry, me, on Twitter. Uh, it's Lawnman7 on Twitter if you want to do that. We also have a Facebook page, the Iron Radio uh, listeners page. So uh, whether it's leaving a comment or voting for us or following us on Twitter or Facebook, uh, that would be fantastic. Also, uh, occasionally Rob or myself will write an article for another website, and Phil will as well. So lots of ways to um, interact, uh, follow us in other media, and vote for us and uh, keep things going strong on Iron Radio. Thanks. I can't stop feeling Some of us don't understand How lucky we are To be living in this Hi listeners, this is Rob Fortress Fortney I'm here to remind you that as the holiday season approaches And your thoughts turn to giving We like you to keep Iron Rated in your thoughts Every week for four years now It's been our privilege to bring you Weekly news, experts, and gym talk Did you know that now roughly 20,000 brothers and sisters of Iron Count on us for these things? Of course, not everyone can afford to be a supporting member or a significant one-time donor. But for those of you willing to pitch in $4 per month or $50 just once, we're about to sweeten the deal. Become a supporting member or major donor between now and January 2013, and a limited number of you will receive a gift worth over $20. And we will never forget our existing supporters. Simply email me via ironradio.org, and I'll send you a free seminar from Dr. Lowry on how to significantly and realistically boost your testosterone levels. Help your iron brothers and sisters who cannot pitch in but deserve better internet programming in our sports. And happy holidays. Hello, Iron Radio listeners. This is Dr. Lowry. I just want to offer an update on the Protein and Resistance exercise book that you hear about in ads at the end of the show. The publisher and I realize that the textbooks have become expensive. This one's $99. So individual electronic chapters have been made available for $20. US As with Iron Radio, my primary drive here is to get valid, reliable information into the hands of fellow lifters. So if you simply Google CRC Press Protein, you'll find the page where the book is sold. By clicking on ebook purchase at the right, you'll be taken to a page with free introductory parts of the book, as well as each chapter in electronic PDF format. There's also links uh, to other sources in this version. So whether you're interested in an academic heavy hitter like Dr. Peter Lemon sharing protein's history and strength training, or you're a biochem nerd like me and you want to just look at chapter 2 on protein synthesis and breakdown, or if you want to cut to the chase and get to a chapter on using protein weight control or case studies, you can now do so for just 20 bucks. So please check out CRC Press Protein and see which chapter topic may interest you. Thanks. Weekly Fix of Iron Radio. In addition to being a popular institute on iTunes, we are also on email. Simply go to www.ironradio.org and sign up for the voluntary email. You'll get a once per week email, no more, that's little more than the show notes and a link to the audio. So go for it. And welcome back, listeners. This is Phil and Lonnie, and we're going to offer some gym talk. So it's gym talk time. It is, and I'll tell you, I I get repeated emails. I know Fortress does, uh, yeah. and people tell you in person when they come visit your your place there. A lot of people just like the gym talk. So yeah. you know, be a fly on the wall, listeners. We're just going to talk about what we're doing, and like I said, I'm going to offer a little bit of lab talk too because I've got a new study going. But let's start with you, Phil. So what's what's it like in the gym for you? Oh, it's going well. I got to mention we had. Uh Go ahead and mention that again. We had our first injury. And it's one of those things, like I tell people, it's, uh, a lot of these things aren't if, it's when. And when, whenever I see strong people get injured, very, very rarely with heavy weight. It's, it's with a warm up or something. Like anytime no. I've been injured. Yes. I, yep. 
Yeah, I mean, I had a gal talking about she was like spooning sand with a like a, a tablespoon into a, a bucket and torqued her back. Really? And stuff like that. And I, I've seen it time and time again where people are like picking up a ball off the ground or something. Or like, and, I was just going to say, I, I've seen it with people like moving plates. You're just moving a, a 45-pound plate yeah. up and you, you kind of twist, you're bent over slightly and you twist. Exactly. It's and it's, uh, yeah, it's stupid. Every time I was injured, it was just, it's, it's kind of, I think it's, you, you lose, you don't give the light weight that you're messing with the credit that you should, and you, you you lose form a little bit or something, or it's just some fluke accident. But yeah, one of one of my lifters was in here, and we were all warming up, and she was on one of her warm up squats, and uh, so nobody's really paying attention. There weren't no weren't spotters like right on the bar. I mean, people nearby, and uh, went down to the bottom of the squat, and next thing you know, she's screaming, "Get it off me!" And uh, so we ran, got the bar off her. She just fell to the ground, and asked her what was wrong, and. Just felt a pop in her back and then sharp pain, and she just couldn't move up. So uh, mm. from there, it was like, eh, no, you're not. You're, I just had to make a call. It's like, no, you're not getting off the ground. <laughs> you know? yeah. It's a lot different than me messing with a bicep or something. I knew what it was. So. No, it's like you're, that's giving me flashbacks to my lifeguard days. You know, spinal cord injuries don't move them. Exactly. And so, I mean, we had to prop her legs up just to uh, alleviate some pain. But, um yeah, so it ended up we we finally talked her into let's get an ambulance and uh, they they came in and backboarded her and took her in the emergency room. We all headed up there and good thing is it's all looking good. There, there's no breaks um, and they think it's totally muscular. So they're they're having her give it two weeks. And uh, I'll tell you, and that's good that you made that call because at first glance that seems overwrought you know it seems like yeah. why am i they're strapped me to my neck down to a backboard a, you know a board and they're carrying me out like you know but that's the only way to be sure exactly and it wasn't worth it took us a while to talk her into it and then I, one of our other clients is a firefighter she came by then and that's what finally kind of was able to talk her into go ahead and take an ambulance ride is the fact that you know is this five or six hundred dollar ambulance ride worth potentially being paralyzed Right now, you can move and feel your feet. Right. What if we stand you up and that goes away? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, and it was the amount of pain that was going. It wasn't a little twinge. You know, this was uh, a significant amount of pain going on in the back. So, I mean, it was, uh, you know, right from the start, it was like, I, I, I suggested that. It was like, you know, if it's my call, we're not moving at all. We're getting the ambulance here. And so it took some talking into it. But, it's yeah, it's, it's weird. I mean, I don't know. I, I think I contributed to... People just don't, and I try to preach all the time, treat lightweights like they're heavy and heavyweights like they're light. You know, when I get under 225 on my warm-up set, I'm trying to I'm trying to emulate that. I know I'm going to 500 today. I'm trying to act like this is 500 already. Yeah. Um, get, get everything warmed up. It's a little hard to do. So, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's one of those weird things that, uh, you know, I don't know if it was that. Because everybody says that her form was great, and this could have happened if she was kneeling down in the kitchen to get a, a, a dish towel or something. Exactly, and you know, I I complimented my other lifters. We had probably fourteen people here at the time, and we all checked in on her and made sure everything was good. You know, fifteen twenty minutes, and then they all started lifting. You know, and that's it sounds weird, but I mean, I told them that was the the right thing to do because the number one thing is what do they tell you when you fall off a horse, get right back on. And if you sit there and just sulk over this and watch this person, then you things start leaking in your head too. Yeah, and you start getting a little scared. And, this well, and it, just, it, it, it weirds I, out the person who's injured, you know. Oh yeah, because you got a big crowd, and not not because you're uh, a champion in a meet. <laughs> yeah. So, no, it's a it's a good thing. She's already been in here. She'll be in here with us this Saturday, you know, cheering us on. So it's right. getting her, you know, get back in the environment. And uh, yeah, this is a. Uh, well, no, if you remember, I, God, it was weeks ago now that we talked about the injury um, chances of the main power lifts, and oh, uh, I, I, they were saying the bench press is actually the the biggest risk. But you know, let's face it, any type of uh, physical activity is going to carry some risk, and especially like like you're saying, it's if it's just soft tissue and muscular. I mean, I'm not poo pooing that because that can be pretty serious too. But it's the kind of thing you um, you know we, we we talk about being iron warriors all the time. You know, sometimes you uh, you go down in battle, and then you, like you said, you get back in. So. Exactly, and it's not. It's uh, I don't. I I really doubt anybody that's into this seriously for the long haul is gonna get through it unscathed. 
At some point, there's going to be something that happens to you. I think if it's kind of a character test, to be honest. Yeah, I think so, too, if you'll stick to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's, uh, you know, I have no doubt she'll be back. She's, uh, Emily's actually, she was the first, actually, yeah, she was the first girl to uh, squat 315 for our gym. So she's she's not weak. She's <laughs> I'll tell you, Phil, here's a, a related tidbit I was talking about in kinesiology class recently, but women have the ability to sense pain sooner than men, but they have huh. a higher tolerance for it. Isn't that interesting? So they uh-huh. can sense it sooner, but they have a higher tolerance for it. Huh. So I don't know how if that plays into her situation, but anyway. Yeah, I'm not sure. But yeah, so we had that and I don't know, we had uh my training itself is going great. I mean it's I don't know why. And I'd have never guessed this, but my squat is going better now than it ever has, despite having a, a hip that's just gone. You know, I, th- uh, I think you put that aside a couple of months ago, and that's when you started making progress. Yeah, they, yeah, that's what it was. It's, it's when I said I just got to deal with it and live with it. Yeah, and that's when I started making progress. And I mean, it's uh, it's going real well. I, I pause squatted with a long pause uh, in the bottom five fifty, so Ooh. that was nice. Um, it was hard, but it was nice. So I'm, uh, I squatted 600 at the meet. It was easy. So I, I'm, I'm shooting for that 700. And then, uh, had Paul Carter from Lift Run Bang come down again this weekend. That was a lot of fun. We got to trash talk each other and <laughs> pick up some big weights. And, uh, that's good. He, he put some videos up on, uh, hey, it's up on our site, I think. It's on, uh, it's, it's on his page. I think it's on Iron Radio Listener's page. So we had some fun pulling some, uh, I ended up pulling 725. For a triple from mid shin, and then 7:35 for a double, and on the third rep, it was coming up. My strap broke. We we used straps for the uh, mm. the rack pulls after we'd already pulled from the floor. We went heavy from the floor and then heavy from the rack, mm-hmm. and uh, stuff like that. It, yeah, it's flying along here. I mean, we're keeping busy at, at the gym, and things are going quite well. How about yourself? Uh, I'll tell you, in the gym. Uh because of the the new professor role that I've got going on, it's eating up so much of my time. I just got to be realistic, I think. But um, nonetheless, I mean, three times a week in the gym, I've been pretty well, not pretty. I've been consistent with that. Yeah. Um, and I'm just trying to. I mentioned this a few months ago, but I'm just doing unapologetic bodybuilding movements. You know, yeah. actually, one of the things that I noticed after taking some time away and doing primarily powerlifting movements is that I've actually got a little bit. Um, weaker in certain aspects of the bodybuilding movements. You know what I'm saying? I so, see that. Uh, just because I'm not doing it. And now again, in general, my strength was probably the highest it's ever been, but you get my point. So, yeah. like, so I'm having fun with 110 pound dumbbells, like doing dumbbell presses, you know, just a couple sets of five to eight, you know, I've never been a real high rep kind of person, but, mm-hmm. um, and just having a fun and then doing like a, a pump set at the end, you know, and, um, it's just fun. I, I'm yeah. just enjoying the training. We say this all the time, but do you enjoy it? You know, and yeah. I actually a lot like Rob. I enjoy training. I I don't feel compelled to compete every year. Um, for me, competitions are almost a courage test. You know, I come out of the woodwork and I'm like, this is sort of scary for me. I'm competing in open competitions against guys who are, you know, in a different physiological state than I am, and yeah. and, and that sort of thing. But. Um, just I just love the training and it's it, yeah. I'm enjoying that. So like you know 315 in the squat, just doing sets, just like a big pumps in my quads, and I you know yeah. I'm liking that. So and it's probably good for hypertrophy. So anyway, uh, that's the gym stuff. Uh, what's keeping me busy over at the university is is some of the research I'm doing, and I know some of our listeners are even interested in helping if they're local because I'm actually recruiting now. We just got approval to recruit subjects. Which is in itself is a, quite a process, but the point is, um, I'm very interested in muscle explosiveness and what dietary stimulants can do to that. Like you know, generally your motor cortex fires, you know, um, your motor neurons go, they go down, you know, they touch muscle fibers. Of course, they cause the contraction. I'm just trying to simplify all this, but the point mm-hmm. being is, um, I have a very cool uh, piece of equipment over there at the lab called a ballistic measurement system, and it can literally analyze about a hundred different variables and uh we did some work with an energy drink back in the spring uh in fact we had dawn anderson on the show talking about caffeine a couple of months ago she was one of the people i was doing that research with and now um 
we're going to look at Via Instant Coffee. I don't know if listeners have used this, but I, I love this stuff. I even have like a travel mug. It's like a revolver. <laughs> it's got the packets in it. You know, it's great. But um, I wasn't sure how much this was really going to take, you know, how much of this to get an ergogenic performance boosting dose. Because uh, with the energy drink, we saw like right around a 4 or 5% boost in um, like power output, velocity of the bar, stuff like that. And uh, so a, a bunch of students and I sort of did a, a sensory test and we're just sitting around, you know, drinking coffee. And then, wow, this stuff hits you pretty hard. I mean, I'm, I was very surprised. Um, and I called Starbucks corporate headquarters because you can't get this information, at least as I never could, online or anywhere else. And regular instant coffee has about 70 milligrams of caffeine in an 8-ounce mm-hmm. cup. But Via has doesn't have 70. It has 180. Yeah. So it's almost triple. And so after sort of taste testing this, we're like, okay, that's probably going to have an effect. So yeah. that's what I'm doing now where people come in the lab either under the caffeinated or the decaffeinated condition. Um 24 ounces of this stuff. Um, I, I don't know. I, we're going to do both uh, strict and what I call sloppy or self-selected movement. So in the bench press uh, and in the squat, you know, pause at the bottom, in the bottom position, and, you know, boom, as hard and fast as you can with 50% of your one rep max. And uh, then after you do the pause version, I want to sort of invoke the whole stretch shortening cycle so we're going to do a three rep max as fast and explosive as possible. So this gives us lots of things to look at. Bench, squat, strict single reps, you know, stretch shortening cycle kinds of reps. Um, and it's very interesting to me because uh, women listeners might be interested in this, but there is almost nothing on women lifters and caffeine. I mean, almost right. nothing. Uh, and we were talking about how little there is as far as protein in women lifters, too. It's just a... You know, if you're a female lifter, you're in a, you should be proud. You're in a tiny subcategory of, uh, you know, female warrior, <laughs> kind of. Yeah. And um, so I think people, our listeners in that category should be really proud of that. So we're going to go tease apart the men versus women. We're going to tease apart people who are caffeine habituated versus caffeine naive. Um, just tease this eight ways to Sunday. But yeah. I have a strong um, guess that. We're going to see stuff happen with the Via like we did with the energy drink. Um, gotcha. You know, so we'll see. I don't know. I mean, the, the intriguing thing to me is it's not about fatigue. Almost everything on caffeine in the literature is can you run further to time mm-hmm. exhaustion? You know, it's not, that's not what this is. This is one to three reps. Can I dump more electricity down my wires and move that bar at a higher velocity or with more power? Yeah. Uh, and um, actually, we're, we're getting more experienced lifters this time. And we're using 50% load. But last time we used recreationally active people and a 30% load. So we're getting a little bit closer to the target population like our listeners might be. Yeah. Um, because I, I'll tell you, boy, you can really see a difference in their lifts if they have resistance training experience or not. Oh, yeah. The trainers are they're tight in the bottom. They're down in the hole. And as soon as I say go, every sarcomere goes right to the tendon, right to the bone matrix, right to the bar. You know, yeah. boom, transfer of power. And people yeah. who have less experience, I'm not talking about form, I'm just talking about literally like the transfer of force to the bar. Yeah. Very soft. I mean, they lose many milliseconds uh, just to get the whole chain of events happening. Yeah. Uh, especially in the squat. So if it's anything like the spring, what happened in the spring, and I talked about this, I think, months ago, but we saw stuff, more stuff in the bench happening than in the squat. And I, I, I think it was because... It's a more complex movement, the squat. Yeah. You know, and you've got a you've got postural control and all these other things. And um, if you're not tight as a drum in the hole, you're going to lose milliseconds, and that's going to hurt your rate of force development. So uh, that's what I'm doing. I have to get up very early to you know get over to the university. I got a, quite a drive. In fact, sometimes I actually listen to old episodes of Iron Radio. I know a lot of our listeners do this on the road. You might think it's funny that I do that, but you know we have good guests, so I'm gonna. Yeah, we do. I go back and listen to some of that. But. No, that's interesting. I mean, I think you're getting closer to a population too with this power output that could. Now we can't absolutely say that if if, if it goes up considerably that that it means your one rep max would go up, but you can kind of expect it to. You know, if you're able to put out more power and more force. It, most likely your 1RM is higher as well. Right. I mean, it, it's almost an argument for speed work yeah. in a sense because, yeah, I mean, that would be interesting to have people train like this and then um, 
I don't know, eight weeks, ten weeks later, do their one rep max again. Yeah. You know? Because these guys, by our standards, they're beginners. You know what I mean? Yeah. But they, these are college age. <clears throat> they may have a couple of years of experience under the bar. And uh, I've had some very fit uh, women, young ladies, come want to be in this too. And so this is going to be a half men, half women. And like I said, the, nice. this study was designed meticulously so you can go back and because we're taking all comers, we can see uh, do boys respond different from girls. We can say yeah. do, if you're caffeine naive, do you get a bigger boost than if you're caffeine habituated? You know, because we're taking all comers. So we could go back and analyze this eight ways to Sunday. So I'm sort of excited, especially after um, some of what I've been learning about that instant coffee, because Via is not regular, like dehydrated coffee crystals like, you know, Nescafe and that stuff. It's yeah. actually micro ground coffee, yeah. uh, at least por- partly. So. Uh, no, that'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to kind of compare this against the mon- the energy drink stuff and see, you know, how what caffeine does against the kitchen sink type of that's, energy drink. That's right. And I'll tell you, it's actually hard. I gave up trying to compare them directly because if you compare them on a milligram for milligram basis of caffeine, mm-hmm. the energy drinks, it's not fair. They have guarana, which is basically caffeine. Yeah. They put yeah. a bunch of other stimulants in there. So, you know, it's it's not a fair uh, uh, comparison. Uh, and actually, I, I, I talked to somebody who's sort of a supplement company science guy, and he was saying, well, sure, it's fair. Of course you should do that comparison. I'm like, no. You are just you do want the energy drink to look better than the coffee, you know. Yeah. Um, so you can't compare it on a milligram per milligram basis. The only thing I could come up with is do it on a um, – servings as sold basis so yeah. we gave two servings of the energy drink uh this time it's going to be essentially two servings of of the instant very strong nice. instant coffee but you're right i i can't help but go back even though the protocol is a little different it's a little heavier uh a mm. little more experience i i i am going to go back and just look at the power numbers and the rate of force development and wouldn't that be interesting if percent increases were essentially the same yeah you know so Again, not, exactly. I don't really care. If, if the energy drinks have something special, I, I'll tell the world. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so anyway, that, that's kind of um, what's been eating up a lot of my time lately. I know, again, there's some local guys who are interested. And, you know, send me another email and, uh, yeah, come down and get involved. The, it, the age range is 18 to 35. So. Lonnie's ready to take you in and put some weight on your I'll back. Put you so. the bar. Not kidding. Another interesting kind of on the science side thing, something I've seen uh, – Raising a, a lot of um, comments on Facebook. There's a New York Times article that came out about a study done at a uh, University of Dayton, and I, I can't help but think they, you know, it's the media. They're gonna they're gonna spin a topic, a title that's gonna they're looking for a reaction. Mm-hmm. So um, the, the title of the article is "Why Women Can't Do Pull-Ups," oh. and uh, you know I, I wish. I wish publications like these had to um, cite references because you can't see the study and you can't see the title of the study. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure it wasn't women can't do pull-ups. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. And, but, and that's, I think, what drew the most uh, response yes. was that they, they kind of spun it in that direction. But So it was all over Facebook. Oh, this is horrible. This is BS, this and that. Um, when you break it down and read the article, though, it, it came out to pretty much, to me, reading it and trying to be uh, unbiased was it's harder for women to do pull-ups. It's even harder for women with long arms to do pull-ups, um, which isn't groundbreaking. I know, people. that's right. I mean, sometimes science it's, is recording stuff that's common knowledge almost. Yeah, and that's what I had to kind of say. I mean, this is kind of a it's, – it's, it's a little sad that practitioners and I wish there could be a closer relationship between practitioners and science. But like you said, supposed to be. this whole translational model, that's what translational research is supposed to be. The, the researcher says, look what I just found. And then he goes, tells the practitioner. Then the practitioner says, that's not the way I saw it. Or that was fantastic. You're on the right track. Yeah, and then exactly. it creates a circle, you know, of, of progress. And that's kind of what I was getting at. A lot of these things, I mean, I think we had that. I talked about the study a few months back where they they had lifters come in, they put them in powerlifting gear, and concluded that powerlifting gear makes you be able to lift more weight. Right, yes. And it's one of those things, and this probably is too, it's just, it's one of those studies that kind of had to be, it hadn't been done yet, so it needed to be on paper. 
even though we kind of already knew the results. For years, there was a raging debate. You probably remember this, like through the 80s, especially in 90s, some whether or not steroids were anabolic. Yeah. I mean, for the longest time, I think the American College of Sports Medicine, their position paper was they're dangerous and they don't work. Yeah. And I mean, (laughs) (laughs) exactly. So, I mean, this could be likely as one of those cases. Well, hey, nobody's ever done this study, so let's do it. Um, to prove what's already proven, I guess, but put it through the science community. Um, no, but I mean, I just kind of went out there and tried to, because it came up on my, uh, I have a, a Facebook list, a page for um, my gym. Mm-hmm. So it came up on there, and it was one of those things. So I came in and kind of pointed out the points and just kind of stated the facts. I mean, it's not it's not sexist to say if I had to a 16-year-old boy come in and a, let's say, a 20-year-old man come in and a 20-year-old lady. And essentially they have the same amount of training time in, they're at the same everything. That if if I put them through the same training program and they're both trying to get a chin, that the guy's going to get stronger earlier. And it's just, I mean, there's... Well, there's, it's, I mean, look at fitness norms, you know? Yes. Like... You know, the lay uh, version of this is men can, the average man can bench his body weight once and the average woman can bench half her body weight once. Yeah. I mean, you you don't expect women to have as much upper body muscle mass as a high testosterone male. I mean, it's it's not an insult. It's simply a difference in, in biology. Yes. And, I mean, you're looking at many hormonal levels and stuff like that. Just just the hormone levels themselves to speak, speak greatly to why. Yes. You know, so, I mean, it's, but, I mean... Yeah, they can. People were saying, you know, that they didn't even try to do pull-ups in the training. You know, they were doing a lot of lat pull-downs and this and that and this and that. But, um, you know, I think it's one of those cases where the main issue was, and that I was pointing out, was the, the study's not wrong. You know, the study's right. I said the main issue here is media. That's you know, right. They, they spun the title to a point that says women women can't do pull-ups. Well, to get a and rise, like you said, to get a rise out of the public. Or even just to describe something, when you get someone who doesn't have an advanced degree, they can't tease apart the methodology of the study or point out that hypotheses, you know, the prediction that the study is trying to uh, prove or disprove is very narrow. And like you said, it's actually not wrong. But, yeah, the, uh, these uh, science journalists, sometimes they're not even science journalists, they get a hold of it and they simplify it to the point that it's just no longer right. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it's one of those cases. I mean, if, if women can't do pull-ups, then I must be a miracle worker. <laughs> because I've got women in here that can do pull-ups. Right. And, and other ones that are working at it. I mean, that's just as false as saying, oh, there was a famous strength coach about, it might be a decade ago now, that said any 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 strength coach that can't get a woman to do 10 pull-ups in three months or something like that isn't worth, their grain, isn't worth a grain of salt. Hmm. And that's... Ten pull-ups for a female is a ton. That's a good challenge. You know, yeah. that's a, well, I'll tell you, uh, it, this, just to uh, any listeners who would be sort of hacked off at that title, years ago at the American College Sports Medicine meeting, they had a chin-up off, and uh, Liz Applegate was a noted sports nutritionist, exercise physiologist, and she stepped up. She was very fit. Boom, 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 boom. Just, I can't remember how many, but it was a lot. Yeah. I mean, so she was just cranking the chins, and I suppose you or I might be offended too if some if something came out and said, you know, I don't know, men can't do this or men can't do that because it's such an overgeneralization. Yeah, it is. You know, it is. You know, and I like I said, I understood the, uh, I understood why they were angry, but they was pointed at the wrong place because a lot of it was pointed towards the study. And it wasn't the study. I was like, you know, you're not even reading the study. You're reading <laughs> right. the New York Times, uh, their summary of the study. Well, the sad so. thing is that journalist is probably getting a pat on the back from the editor for getting lots of attention, even though it was bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. More advertising dollars, you know, get more people so. in here, better circulation. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, that's pretty much it for uh, the training and lab talk that I've got. You got any closing thoughts? Not really. I mean, uh, we've got a good show next week. Um, I think everybody should be interested. We, uh, I think somebody even, one of the listeners, no, we had an email, is what it was, uh, came in and requested to see if we could get Marty Gallagher on. So I got a hold of Marty, and uh, he's going to join us next Thursday to talk about uh, just all the people that he's handled and uh, over over the years, from Ed Cohn to Mark Chalet to just the list goes on and on. That'd be cool.
Iron Radio is accepting donations. If you like what we do, the professors, the scientists, the bodybuilding show promoters, the athletes themselves in powerlifting and bodybuilding, um, please consider making a donation or maybe buying something from the ironradio.org uh, store. Uh, we also are accepting supporting members. So for $4 a month, which is frankly less than the bank sneaks out of your account in fees, you can step up and support a form of sort of public radio for the bodybuilding and powerlifting and strength community. Hey, IronRadio.org listeners, this is Lonnie Lowry, and I'm just bringing you a sneak peek only for Iron Radio listeners at this point. If you Google CRC Press, Lowry, L-O-W-E-R-Y, and Protein, you can be some of the first people on the planet to see this book. It's specifically for strength athletes, everything on the safety of high-protein diets, the efficacy, the dosing, the types, practical applications and case studies. This is a textbook. It's not what I would call an industry book. This is not pseudoscience. This is the state-of-the-art science. And if someone wants to critique you on your extra protein intake, this will be something you can hold up and say, this is what the literature says about stressed kidneys or bone loss or gout or dehydration or increased muscle mass over time or leanness or what types are best. This is the ultimate source in one place. Little disclosure here. I do make a single digit percentage of royalties on this book. It's such a low amount, however. Obviously, I haven't done it for that purpose. I did it because, like you, I want to have something I can hold up in one place that's modern literature instead of what a, perhaps a health educator might tell you about the benefits and the potential concerns, if there are any, on ample protein diets specific to a population like ours. Thank you. The Iron Radio Podcast and all of the audio on ironradio.org is for informational purposes only. If you're interested in starting a diet or exercise program, it's important to check with your physician. Also seek the help of registered dietitians, athletic trainers, and qualified exercise physiologists in order to make the progress that you need.